morning's word, we're going to begin in Acts chapter 20. As, as uh, we talk uh, today uh, in, in, in terms of what we'll see here, tears and love and family. That's really what we'll be talking about uh, here in these things. Now, in, in Acts chapter 20, uh, some of your Bibles may even have a, uh, a topic heading. And uh, in many Bibles, your topic heading would be Paul's farewell to the Ephesian elders. And so this is Paul talking to the church in Ephesus as he's getting ready to leave. And you'll see as, as we, we read through this that, that Paul was basically saying, we will probably never have our paths cross again in, in these circumstances. And that won't hold true for us as well. You know, um, uh, I, you know we, we plan, we're obviously staying in the area and everything, we plan on having our paths cross uh, now and again. But in Acts chapter 20, I want to highlight some of these verses, so we'll skip a few of them, but we, we begin in verse 18, where Paul says to the leaders at Ephesus, he says, you yourselves know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I set foot in the province of Asia. And then verse 19, he says, I I was serving the Lord with, with all humility and tears. In verse 22, he says, Now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I have not, in verse 27, hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you folks overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. In verse 31, he says, therefore be alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each of you even with with tears. So we'll stop there and begin with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for your word. And, and Jesus, again, we, we, we thank you of the gift of each other. And, and, and Lord, as, as we've been family uh, here for so many years, uh, we, we just pray for that, that wonderful family spirit to continue and, and your uh, amazing hand and your amazing works, your amazing blessings upon the future of this church. And, and now, Lord, we just pray that you'll speak to our hearts through your word this morning. And we give you all the praise and glory. Amen. And so here Paul is expressing his emotional attachment to the church. And, and, and we know in, in the dozens of churches that, that Paul planted, he had that emotional attachment and he had that emotional investment in, in each or in all of these churches. And it is best described by him saying, when I think of you guys, when I minister, when e- even if I have to correct or discipline or, or reprimand, he says it's always with love and care and compassion and tears. And uh, uh, in, we'll see in a little bit in Corinthians, yeah, he describes it as, as, as many tears. But, but what Paul is doing here, uh, among other things, is he is serving the church. We see that here. We see his deep concern. 
for the well-being of, of these people. We even see a warning. And, and if you read completely in these scriptures, uh, he, just, he, he just describes in, you know, in, in later times and everything, we're, we're going to have people uh, attacking the church and, and trying to confuse you in, in your doctrine and, and what you believe and what you know in Christ. And so he, he, he kept them up to speed on, on that as well. And, and what we understand is how he knew and loved these people. And, and he knew and, and, and loved them well. And, and uh, what we'll see in a little bit is even as time passed, he began to feel like a father to them. Okay, and, and, and I don't stand here this morning uh, to try to get you folks to feel uh, again that, that, that I am such a big and a great thing that, that I am your, your father. And what Paul was referring to is literally the churches that, that came to Christ under his ministry and leadership and, and endeavor. So, uh, and, and we'll see that in a little bit as well, that, that in that sense, Paul becomes the father of, of, of the church that way, uh, but, but also the father of these folks who, who come to salvation, much, you know, much like George Washington became the father of our country, you know, in, in, in that sense. And so to, to see this in his life, uh, and we'll, we'll go to one or two more areas and then we're going to put it all together and, and wind it up this morning. But this first thing that we understand is, is that love and con, uh, concern and that care and that compassion and the, and the tears that, 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 that Paul uh, shared with, with these folks. It'll tell us later on in Acts 20, I think, as he exits, that, that, that they all get together. They have this huge big group hug and everything as, as he gets ready to go. So now we move to Paul in this kind of situation with the Corinthians. And we see it in several places, but the first place we look is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, where we're going to see uh, Paul again expressing his heart and, and his care and his love. Acts, or rather, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 4, he says, For out of great distress and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not to make you sad, but to let you know the love that I have, especially for you. I always think it's an awesome thing to be able to tell one another we love one another. I, I, lo- I love that Paul could, could tell uh, his churches. I love that Jesus could tell his disciples. Uh, I, I love that when, when we're gathered many times, oftentimes, we're, we're able to literally say, you know, I, I love you. I love you, guy, you know, and, and, and stuff. And, and so we see this here. And, 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 and Paul loves the ones who are under his charge. You know, and I, I've said this before, everyone in this church, certainly everyone sitting in this room, in one way, shape, or form is a leader. You are a leader. You are an example. You are a teacher. And because of that, we need, if not be literally required, we need to love one another. And, you know, truly and, and sincerely and, and, and deeply. So we see love here. Now, I wanted to say this, and, and, and part of what we're talking about is, is this is who uh, my wife and I, this is who we've tried to be, you know, throughout 
the years. Okay, so granted, it took us 26 years for you guys to grow on us, you know? But, but uh, what, I, what I put in my notes was, it was not required that we be in love with you. It was not required that we fall in love with you. Uh, and we didn't have to wait, thankfully, to fall in love with you. We just simply chose to love you. We chose to fall in love with you. We chose to be in love with you. And it's, that's been true for, for, for 26 plus years. Um, I'm not kidding. I'm, I, I'm not joking. I'm not lying when, when I say that it has truly been a love that I or that we have had for you folks. Um, Mark 10, 29 Jesus says, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. There's no one who, who has left their home, their brothers, their sisters, their mother, their father, their children, or their fields for my sake or for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive in this time a hundred times over homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, friends. Uh, I've always believed throughout these years that God has given us hundreds of other mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and, and, and blessings. And so that's, that's again, what, what we've tried to live by and, and what we've tried to exemplify in, in our lives and and in our relationships and everything. I, I, I know I myself have, have always felt I've, I've crossed barriers, I've, I've crossed boundaries that, that many pastors won't allow themselves to cross in, in, in terms of, of personal relationships and everything. I've carried it so far as to when, when we get visitors, I, I try to find out everything about their life before they even get out of the foyer. You know, and, and, and so, I mean, I'll see a young gal and I'll say, so, or are you married? You know, you, you got a boyfriend? You, you serious, you know? And, and so I just go right for it, right, right off the bat. And, and uh, I think it's because I'm the pastor that they actually think they're supposed to answer me. And, and so I, I get all of the details and everything. But, but just to be in one another's lives. And again, you as, as, as leaders and you as lovers in this church, you don't need to get into each other's lives. Be willing to share your life and be willing to ask and, and, and be interested in one another's lives. And, and so we see this in Paul in 2 Corinthians. Now we jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we see this other element of, of his love and his, and, and his tears, and get into this idea of fatherhood even. In 1 Corinthians 4, 15, uh, in, in at least my paraphrasing, it says, uh, Paul says, if you should have myriads of teachers... In Christ, yet not many fathers. Because Paul said, For I fathered you in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So my desire is that you follow my example. And and, and what Paul is saying here is, is that in the church we have, I have to look, we have we have loads. We have loads of teachers. We, we have tons of teachers. In other words, we have many teachers. 
okay? And, and, and these teachers, I, I kind of describe as anybody that helps us through this journey we're on along the way. So you might not think you have ever taught anybody anything, but if you've ever sat with anybody else from this church and just been with them through a joyous thing or a hardship thing or a tragedy thing, you are a teacher. And, and we have many. All of us have that capability. But Paul says we don't have many who are fathers. And, and th- this idea of, of the father, and in some places he'll even say a father in the faith or a father in Christ, uh, that is indeed the one who brought you into the faith or at least one who is responsible for keeping you in the faith, so to speak. You know, it would be the idea of a, a father figure. You know, I've, I've got this guy who's a father figure in my life, and, and, and he's made a, a, a giant impact on my life. I, I consider him, you know, my father, since, even since my, my, my father is, has, has gone to be with the Lord or something. And so Paul is saying, I'm kind of that father figure spiritually to all of, uh, of you here in, in the church. And, and uh, indeed, could be responsible for bringing you to salvation. It's a wonderful thing if everyone in this service could say, there has been at least one time, one person in my life that I led to Christ. I, I brought to a relationship with Christ. Because you, be, you become that person's father, that person's mother in, in, in the faith that way. And, and so Paul is describing this, and, and for, for this idea, I describe it as saying, uh, you are the father, you are the mother, you are the guardian, you are the keeper, the, the, the safe keeper of this person and their faith and, and their walk. Not, not that you can live it for them, not that you're responsible for it or for them, but you are just that influence and, and, and you've had that impact on their lives. And so it's with all of that then that, that we kind of bring this to a completion in, in, in how I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to summarize this. I, I summarize this uh, by, by recalling that Paul said, follow my example. Okay? And, and if that's good for Paul, and if it's good for leaders in the church and teachers in the church, then, then I would say that as well for us today. Follow my example. Not that I am all that. Not that I didn't make mistakes along the way. But if there is anything in the Lord that I was a decent illustration or an example of, I would say follow that. Imitate that, you know? And, and in that, fathers have big dreams. And they desire big things for their kids. We do. You know, and it's not that moms don't. But, but we all desire big things and, and, and have these dreams for our kids. Pastors, shepherds have big dreams and dream big things for their flock. That's how I've always interpreted and and always defined the pastoral ministry, the difference between a pastor and maybe just a preacher 
is that the pastor is a shepherd of a flock. He has a flock of sheep that he loves and he cares for and he would die for. And there's a little bit of a difference between that and just a pastor who loves to preach, you know? And, and, and so, so pastors, shepherds, they have these big dreams and these big desires for their flocks. And then, of course, our Father in Heaven has big dreams and desires big things for his children. God desires big things for each one of us. Now, we could have the next Billy Graham sitting here with us today. Or we could have the next servant sitting with us here today. Someone who is, who is going to wrap the towel around their waist and just start washing feet. And, and, and both are equally important to God. Bless God if he has called us even to small tasks. Because some of those small tasks are, are the amazing and, and, and wonderful gifts of God. Through the years, we've tried not to settle for simply or for just status quo for our church family. We've, we, we, we've tried to always dream bigger. Um, you know, that's, that's why we, we got into a, a building program. That's why we believed we, we needed a, a modern building with accessibility and, and visibility. And, and when we built this building, how they told us, you are going to heat that building with a candle and you're going to cool that building with an ice cube. And I figured, man, if that's our building, I'm, I'm all for that, you know. Uh, that's, that's why we went with, you know, 10,000 lights, which mushroomed to an unpublicized more than 16,000 lights, you know. And, and, and be, because we, we always wanted to, to dream for bigger and, and, and not settle for just, for just average. Fathers want their kids to explore. They want their kids to experience. They want their kids to make the most of any opportunity. And they want their kids to grow as as a result of all of that. And that means to learn and grow even from our mistakes. It's not a good thing to pack up the tent and go into hibernation. I was almost going to say go into retirement. (laughs) Um, But it's not a good thing to to make a mistake and think that has crushed you and and, and you got nowhere to go from there. We we need to learn and we need to grow from from our mistakes because that's our Father's heart. And and, and we know some of the disciples made big mistakes. Uh, Peter was obviously a, a, a premier example of that. But, but our father wants him to learn and, and to grow from it. And Jesus saw that he, he did. Um, that's our father's heart. And to turn it around, he never makes mistakes. There's not one person in this room who is a mistake. There's not one person in this room who could say because of what they're going through, God must have made a mistake. He he must have got something wrong. He must have confused me with someone else, you know. No, God's God's got a perfect plan in your life and for you. And if we will say, I get that, God, 
and we're willing to go along for the ride, we will see it come to be. We, we can't begin to see what it will be, but we will see it come to be. And, and, and that's, again, what we've always wanted for all of you. And we've tried to lead by example. You know, I, I, I've said often, you know, something comes up in your life and you're getting like all worried about it, freaked out about it. And the way I've always described it is, well, has it happened yet? You know, like, like somebody will say, well, I got this thing coming up Thursday and I, I, I can't handle it. And, and I will say, well, did it happen yet? And you'll say, no. My favorite line is then, why waste good worry on it? Wait till Thursday to worry if, so, if something surfaces. But, but why blow four days, you know, with, with unwarranted worry? And then Thursday comes and it like works itself out, you know, which I describe as the hand of God, okay? And, and, and so, you know, we've, we've always tried uh, to, to push that way. And that would be our heart for you. And we're going to wind this up in just a, a couple of seconds here. And I know as we wind this up, I'm assuming you're coming to the keyboard, uh, if, if nothing else, to just sit there and, and wave. Uh, but uh, we've, we've, we've got a... We've got a few folks that are coming up, and in, in just a moment, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, John Sunquist to come up, and I know there are some, some things going on that way. Uh, but just before I do that, and, and just before we close, I have a letter here from our new pastor, from your new pastor, and uh, Pastor Micah. I'm going to read it. Gets to the end, and it mentions me, so I feel kind of silly about that, but at the same time, I just want to be sure you hear it and get it and everything else. Uh, and so, so Pastor Micah says, good morning, Chisholm Assembly of God. We would like to express our gratitude for you, for your show of confidence in us. Thank you for the unanimous vote. That was very encouraging. Thank you so much for believing in us. It's a great privilege to be your new Lead pastor. Laura and I are so excited for what God is going to continue to do in the coming days at Chisholm AG. We have been praying and seeking God's direction for the vision of Chisholm AG. We're trusting that God will continue to guide us as we build upon the wonderful foundation that has been laid throughout the years, the history of the church here in Chisholm. We look forward to getting to know each of you in the days ahead. We can't wait to make many wonderful memories with you over the coming years. Lastly, thank you to Pastor John and Gina for your wonderful leadership, Chisholm AG, over the past 26 years. It has been great to work with you through the transition process, because we were wondering about that, uh, trusting that God has many great things in store for you too as you enjoy your times of retirement. God bless pastors Micah and Laura Reed. And so they, they sent this letter. I think it's cool. You know, and, and you can see there that, that, that he, he's a pastor who's praying. He's a pastor who's believing for the, 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 the new or the next direction. And, 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 and so I, I can't help but think that it's going to be uh, an awesome time. And so just before I bring Johnny up, I, I, I close with this. Um, 
in, in, in light of, of understanding who we are and who we've been for, for 26 years. And, and you know, one of, my, one of my greatest regrets, which is maybe not a right word or a wrong word, my, one of my greatest regrets is for, for those of us who have come into the church only recently and I haven't had an opportunity to spend like years with you guys, you know, I, 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 I miss that that opportunity and everything. So stick around because we've got years to go and we may be able to develop, develop that relationship anyway. And, and so to summarize all of this, and, and, and you can look at it as our father in connection with us. We can look at it as fathers in, in their connections with their kids, you know. Uh, but but uh, always move forward. Never look back. Unless you're looking back, with fondness, gladness, and appreciation. Seek after the good things and new things that God wants for us. Hold us fondly in your hearts, but also allow pastors Micah and Laura to meld a place in your hearts as well. Uh, we, we've got an opportunity for another 30 wonderful years with, with, with this couple and, and uh, see them grow a family and everything and, and, and be involved in your life and, and the lives of, of, of your families, your kids and everything. So man, it is going to be an awesome ride for the, for the next 30 years. And, and, and he's already off and running, praying and trusting. And I can only encourage uh, all of us to do so as well. And, and so I'm going to close this segment off with a word of prayer. And then Pastor Johnny will come up. And uh, 